0: I'm a big believer that every year like when you make up a, an enrollment marketing game plan your team really only has the energy for one or two new things i rarely see a school able to do one or two new things from like get them up and off
1: the ground and running within a year Uh-oh. Have you ever wondered if there is a different, maybe even a better way to tackle an enrollment or marketing issue? Are there processes or practices in your institution that you wonder, why does this exist and why has no one bothered to disrupt it? Or what about a hot new enrollment marketing trend that
0: you've been asked to jump on,
1: but you're not really sure how to do it the right way or even if it's worth doing at all? Believe me, we get it. I'm Jamie Gleason, a 20 year veteran of higher ed who has worked both inside and outside the institution and on the vendor side of enrollment marketing. And I'm Tony Frega, an 18 year recovering higher ed marketer who has seen just about every
0: enrollment marketing model in the industry. And we've teamed up to launch the Pivot Podcast to take an issue, a hurdle, or an outdated process and suggest ways to pivot into a new direction or launch into a better process. As much as possible, we'll use actual
1: examples, but we'll try to keep all the takeaways as fresh as possible. You'll laugh, heck, you might even cry, but we promise this is a podcast that you won't want to miss. The Pivot is proud to be a part of the Enrollify Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to this podcast at enrollify.org or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Hello and welcome to episode seven of the Pivot. It's Friday again. We have we got in this nice rhythm of recording on Fridays, which I like. I Who doesn't like like love a Friday? Is a higher on Fridays than it is on a yeah, Tuesday afternoon. Yeah, no,
1: that's true. Although I do feel like I have a lot of energy on Tuesday <laughs> afternoons. You do not seem like a typical Tuesday statistic yeah, to me. That's true. I don't know. We'll see. I guess we'll see if I can maintain my energy level yeah. throughout the podcast today. So, <laughs> if this episode is twenty minutes long, you know why. Okay, so. Last week,
2: we had talked about putting together a year-end report, how to create one that's going to have actual value, whether you're on a sophisticated tool or not, and kind of your different options there, and, and maybe how to start migrating into a better plan moving forward and, and what that investment might look might look like, both with budget and with time. Uh, so I think kind of a logical next thing to think about is, okay, we're entering this new year now, um, we're getting close to it. We're not there yet. How do we build a high level 12 month enrollment marketing game plan that covers kind of the core things that you all would want to focus on in a year? Again, it's a 12 month plan. Shit's gonna hit the fan and it's not gonna go right, but what would your 12 month plan be if we're starting today? Couple prefacing comments. We, let's say are at a university that had pretty flat enrollment, which in this market may actually be seen as some growth. You know, the goal is to increase year over year by 5%. Um, What are some things that you think are best to kind of focus on um, at this hypothetical university?
0: I'd say most schools right now are, they're down. I'd say applications and enrollment is down for
1: most schools. Can I just say, I was on a phone call yesterday with a client of ours and both uh, weekend and evening and graduate. Up by like double digit um, numbers, which was like an amazing like they were so excited. Inquiries that's are awesome. Up. Applications are up. Yeah, boom, yeah. dropped that's, it.
0: That's great. And I'm just gonna to go TV out and say that? that's probably for most people <laughs> listening. That's probably not the reality. Oh yeah, just no. because of the trends in enrollment right now. But that's amazing. And I was awesome. like doing cartwheels. I was so oh, pumped that about it. It was amazing. So yeah.
1: Huge.
2: but also but also creating for a 12 sure. month enrollment marketing game plan whether you're flat down 5% the, down 10% yeah, for sure i actually think most people are
0: just trying to get back to where they were there's this like can we just have a game plan that just gets us back to where numbers used to be whether that was last year or the year 2019. before or fall 2019 or fall 2019 <laughs> right everybody wants <laughs> man like no matter how bad your fall 2019 was yep. now it's good oh yeah <laughs> because that's the one so i think we need plans that help Yeah, Um, that help get us get people where they're trying to get. And some of these, some folks in in enrollment management and university marketing right now are facing huge asks from the top that are like, get us these numbers. And some of those Mm -hmm.
1: numbers aren't attainable. Actually, that's what's hard. Yeah. Totally like moving. I feel like there's this moving FTE that like you hear, you hear a school that's doing well, And it's like, oh, wait, can we move the goalpost because you're doing well? Like, no, no, let's just accomplish what we set out to do originally. Okay, so Shane, I'll I'll try to take a stab at what you what you want to do here in order to like kind of make this game plan. I think we first have to figure out, like, where are the areas where we are underrepresenting? So I think the first thing I'm going to do if I'm making a 12 month game plan is first analyze the previous 12 months i'm gonna like take a very solid look at like where did things fall apart and and i'm just gonna use actually some of the things that i've heard recently from our clients of like where are some of the problems so the the two problems i'm gonna use are uh there was a uh limitations in yield i faced limitations in yield that i want to get in front of and uh there weren't uh, enough uh, leads in the first place, right? So we got lead problem, and I've got a yield problem, which is like probably everyone's problem. So maybe I just took took some of your ammunition, Tony. Um, so if those are the two things that I want to <laughs> do, the the next the next part of my twelve month game plan is to take a look at what is on my website that is prohibiting. Leads from coming in, so I've been thinking a lot recently about like just pathways, and and I just feel like a lot of institutions. Maybe this isn't maybe this isn't a fair statement, but I feel like a lot of institutions are kind of like at this. We're almost like entering CRM two point right? Like mm-hmm. remember ten years ago when everyone wanted to CRM and it was like oh we got our CRM, it's like everything's gonna be the right with the world, and now it's like everyone has to go back through and like. They're not only like we've gotten this routine of like we're updating our website, but now we've got to update our CRMs and like understand like where are our pathways? What like what trajectory are we sending our students on? If maybe it's through the communication flow and maybe it's through like, you know, other pages that like just click calls to action and things like that. So I think my next thing. So in the analysis of the previous 12 months, my next big area where I'm going to spend some time is I'm going to audit my communications. I'm going to take a look at like, what are the communication pathway? Like, what is this like laddering scaffolding that I'm doing in order to get my students? And I'm, again, I'm thinking of this as like an undergrad guy, but like, how am I getting them like on this pathway that I want them to follow to mitigate, not having them submit a form. Sorry, before we, before we jump in, the end goal here,
2: I think is to have an outline of five to eight things that are primary focus areas Would you can we bucket those as kind of like website optimizations, like UI UX optimizations on the website is kind of that that core bucket that you think is worthy of a good chunk
1: of time. Totally. And I would say also in like another bucket would be communications auditing, understanding like because those two things are going to lead you. They're basically going to like they're going to move the progression. They're going to move people like. They're either going to see the email and, you know, like if that's mm-hmm. the the communication that they first see, it's like they're either going to say, I understand that experience or I'm out because their website is terrible or something, yeah. you know, something of that nature. I would add to that first
0: bucket of, I, you know, we play the no dead ends game, right? Oh, that's the communications that audit. My favorite play game. no dead ends and start clicking on a social post, come in from an email, do a Google search, click, click, click until you hit a dead end. That's like, ugh. We don't really offer any other pathway here. That's really what Jamie's saying This, So yep. then that's just reiterating the importance of that as step one. Love your step two, Jamie. I, UX user experience audit, cleaning up the website and filling yeah. those gaps where that can be done. I'd say the third thing if I were to jump to next things that need to be in this plan, I would, the next two slots, like one would have to do with existing stuff yeah and one would have to do with new stuff, yeah so like to speak in really simple terms and try not to use marketing jargon, <laughs> I would say, what do we have that has because I did that audit that's working really well yeah how do I position what we have already so it's not making something new? how do we position it better next year so yeah. that that could be that could be a variety of ch- channels or tactics it could be pushing it out more on ads or making it on the web page on the home page more or in two places or including it in the comflow but finding your best assets mm-hmm. one or two things and positioning them to make them more available like push them out there more get them to rank better on organic do more ads emails text whatever it is what do we have so the whole category of the game plan is like existing stuff that's working yeah. And and like doubling down on that. The fourth thing would be new stuff. Like we don't have this. I'm a big believer that every year, like when you make up a, an enrollment yeah. marketing game plan, your team really only has the energy for one or two new things. I rarely see a school
1: yeah.
0: able to do one or two new things from
1: like get them up and off the ground and running within a year yeah and so many try to do it and then they fail because they're like oh we're throwing, we're going in like five different directions we got this new visit strategy we got this new like blog that we're trying to always you know amplify it's like no right. like I, or I Jamie, remember saying.
0: that one where it's like new crm we're going to implement slate in three months or six months
1: fingers <laughs> crossed on that one
0: fingers crossed on that one we have yet to see a, a new crm implementation on me- like an app base CRM yeah. happening that fast, but anyways.
3: <laughs> Alrighty, we're gonna play a game guys, okay? So first and foremost, get a pen, get a paper, pull out your notes app on your phone, whatever it might be, okay? Got it? Great. All right, what keywords does your website currently rank for? Take a couple seconds, right? One, two, three, four. I give you a few, not just a couple. What doesn't it rank for that you think it should rank for? Okay. One, two, three, four. Now, what are a few keyword opportunities that you could be winning on if you just simply tweaked some of your existing website copy? Got it. Okay. How'd you do? Ooh, not so hot. Not sure what you can, what you're currently ranking for or not sure what you could be ranking for. Well, that's okay because our friends at DD agency want to help you answer all of these questions. DD Agency is a higher-ed specific marketing technology agency that has conducted countless SEO audits for colleges and universities across the country. In these audits, they detail where you currently rank, what you could be ranking for, Exactly how copy should be tweaked on website pages, and so much more. If this sounds like something that you could benefit from, give the guys at DD Agency a ping and be sure to mention that Enrollify sent you to claim a 10% discount on any of their SEO offerings. So head on over to enrollify.org forward slash DDA SEO, that's DDA as in DD Agency SEO, or simply follow the link in the show notes below. That will guarantee you get a 10% discount off of your audit. All right, head on over to enrollify.org slash D-D-A-S-E-O, or simply Google DD Agency, find DD Agency's website, and be sure to mention that you heard about them through Enrollify when you request your audit. All right, folks, back to the show.
2: So do you think, Tony, if we had if categorizing yours, I think maybe the, the first one you mentioned remarketing campaigns sure re- remarketing yep. the things yep. that went well that, that includes optimizations of you know website page a couple of those things that yep. maybe yep. do overlap with some of the other stuff but the leveraging yep. of, of what went well i think maybe bucketing that is remarketing campaigns and then yep. um kind of having one of just new marketing campaigns and you're saying that should be one to two things <laughs> when you it's say very precise language dumb, <laughs> very precise um is a new thing right i'm hoping and i'm assuming you do not yeah. mean this a new thing could be a new website a new thing could be a new email template like where where yeah. do we fall in the level of newness and and the quantity that that then you know needs to happen for that for that new campaign that new thing or stuff to happen
0: yeah i normally i think my top two things on that to be more specific on the new things would be new content pieces so like a resource a survey a video a quiz some sort of asset what is new you're going to make And add another one would be a new channel or a tactic like sms text we aren't using sms text we need to use it we're going to do sms text this year that's our new tactic that we're going to add text messages into our comflows, our post inquiry conflows so that would be new things and I'm saying you only have the stomach for one or two new things. If you were to do, we're going to do SMS text and we're going to do a new video and a new ebook and we're going to revamp half of our website and we're going to do TikTok ads.
1: That's dizzying already. I don't, you're not going to do it. <laughs> like,
0: I, I, my theory is pick two. Like, it's like, it's an all you can eat buffet, but just pick two so you don't
2: get sick.
1: Yeah. I want to drill into that a little bit too, because I think there's a difference between. Right. Picking two things that you're that you know you can do, right? So like making a piece of content is one thing. I actually think like starting the work in a new channel is like almost like there's this this experimentation factor there. So I would actually want to put those in two different buckets because I feel yeah. like, you know, higher ed falls there's prey to this like, you know, this is the way we've done it. So and there's nothing necessarily wrong with that unless you never change what you've always done. But like you can use existing methodology and just add to that methodology. And there's the other the other part. And this is, you know, kind of something we try to think about a lot at our company is like, how are we always like experimenting and ideating on something new? So like so I was listening to Kyle Campbell this morning on a LinkedIn thing when I was driving at like six o'clock in the morning. You know, he was talking about TikTok and, you know, regardless of how you feel about TikTok, like the reality is right now in this present time, that's where students are. Like, so in the next year, students are still going to be using TikTok. So maybe it's the maybe you haven't ventured into TikTok world and Shane doesn't agree with me, but maybe you haven't ventured into TikTok world yet. But if that's where students are then maybe that's where you experiment. Maybe that's like yeah. you're, you just, you know, and it's not a big percentage of your time. It's not a massive, like, move all your social investment over to TikTok. No, that would be bad. But like, what's it look like to take 5% of your budget and, and create a campaign that's really, you know, the KPI is one particular thing and you're not trying to have it be, oh man, we need more enrollment. Let's get on TikTok. It's like, no, that's not going to do it. Like it's, you know, like let's figure out the exact goal and yeah. let's move some experimentation dollars over to that side. So I would kind of differentiate those two. And I think that's that's an important note, too, when thinking about
2: new channels and tactics is particularly if it's a new platform, a new software, tech, whatever it might be, is making sure that it weaves into what you have currently and aligns from a reporting standpoint, yeah. right? Of like we get a TikTok, but we don't have a sense of KPIs or... Any sense of like real measurement? I don't know how it did. Yeah, well, what did we expect? Do and then a year later, you're like, "Oh, wait, we never developed any way to measure the effectiveness yep. of it." So now we kind of have to do it again, and now measure, it, and we wasted a year, and we wasted budget, and and we opportunity cost of been doing other things.
0: And that's why you need a good content marketing platform that has proper source tracking of all kinds of tactics and channels. Right. So when you do these new experimenting things that Jamie's talking right. about, you can hold them accountable and see how did the experiment go, but that's three, four and five. So three was exi- remarketing campaigns for stuff you got mm-hmm. Two, four was, um, yep. new content piece of some sort and five is new channel, like yeah. a- experiment yep. in some sort of new channel yep. that you hadn't been done. I love that. Yep. I think yeah. that's, those are we've got five elements here, five step things you've mm-hmm. got to do,
2: and I think those five yeah. also encompass a lot of the core. Th- like right, your open houses and info mm-hmm. sessions probably fall under that remarketing, right? You di- you probably did them last year, whether they were hybrid, fully online, or in person, and you want to make them now fully in person. Let's say like that's still remarketing. It's it's more of the same. All your kind of usual stuff. Those are we'll bucket those as remarketing. So I think that captures a lot of the core of where somebody should focus, I think in the next couple minutes would love to give, would love to try and get a rough percentage, let's sure. say out of a hundred. Again, not literally everything you do is going to fall within these five buckets, but if you had to break mm-hmm. them down into percentage of time wow. and budget, so just combine those two as one unit of measurement, how would you break them out among the five? Like what deserves That's 30% a good one. and That's what a good deserves question. 5%? um like also thinking new channels that's just time consuming because there's a lot to learn and do and experiment there so you need more time even though it might be something simple like texting is simple you just put together a message and you're done it's like well you got to get a platform get its
0: timing right yeah yeah. how that
2: platform is going to be measured and what you're going to evaluate how it's going to weave into your com flow there's so much thing to do so much to do there while it might feel simple and i think maybe that's why you were also saying earlier tony stick to one or two is you overestimate how easy it's going to be to implement something, <laughs> and then you're four months down the road. Yeah. You're like we've almost gotten nowhere. Don't divide
0: them evenly. That's a cop out. I give about fifteen percent to each, but yeah, it does. Too easy. It's too easy. There's a certain percentage of your budget that has to go towards auditing and yes, researching first. Yes. So your first step is right. There's actually it's,
1: six items then. Yeah, you got to count the audit. <laughs> I. Well, that's fine Oh no! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> that was, that right. was one. All right. I've so moved. so I the
0: audit ahead. is underestimated, audit undervalued. Yeah. yeah. But it makes the regular the rest of the 90, 90% be spent better. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I say you need to reserve at least 10% of your budget in, that's good. in time yep. right. towards the audit. Yeah. I'll take so that. So that's 10% of 100,000 or 10% of 10,000. I don't care. But you got 10%. to find some way yep. to at least 10% yep. towards pausing and looking back, Yep. doing that analysis, because you'll make smarter decisions with the rest of that 90% yeah. of that budget in yep. time. I might even go to
1: 15% on that one, depending on how, how deep you're going to go. Like if you're auditing comms and you're auditing web performance, I feel like that's true. There's, there's, there's some room there to like, yeah, there's so much 10 to 15%, 10 to 15% 15%, that means you have 85 to 90% left. The problem is that next part,
0: Shane, that's hard because I, yeah, it could really vary depending on what you find
2: on average. All right. But think on, think on, on average. Yep. Yeah, but but you've 20, done this a hundred times yep. and played the no dead ends game. Sure, and it people are always shocked at how terrible they. Everyone's joke. Oh, my website's terrible, whatever, <laughs> and they're like kind of joking about it. And then you go into it and they are like, Yeah, this is oh, e- actually even yeah. worse than you probably thought it was. Um, yep. and they see and they're like, Oh my gosh, like sure. they. It's yeah. it's a running joke. I feel like in higher ed. Anytime we go to a company, okay. oh, don't look at my 15% website. Fifteen percent for audit. And They're kind of saying fifteen percent like, goes a, to optimization, you know, like Web- but,
1: website optimization. Okay. Because I feel like that's a combination of like like okay. SEO keyword optimization on page, but also and visual stuff. And also, here we go, drum roll on this one. Also getting rid of pages mm-hmm. that are just bad, like just yeah. don't do anything. Yeah. Which is a real it's a reality, folks. Yeah. Like I feel like again, this is kind of that web, you know, like web 2.0 yeah. is like we went from oh, we've got a great website, we rebuilt it, and now it's like now let's call that material down because there's like 80% of the stuff that's on your website is built for an internal audience and it's not your storefront. So like let's get let's get rid of it or let's put it somewhere else. I think you're at 25% each for number three and four.
0: So 25% of your time. So you've 15, 15. That's 30%. What remind me
1: what three and four? So number are? three, so I'm gonna remind for you. The number three. Benefit.
0: So number one <laughs> was okay, your audit. Friend. Number one is your audit. Your analysis. You're looking back and auditing things. 10 to 15%. Let's be generous and conservative say 15. 15% to implement website updates based on that. Optimizations. Could be SEO. Could be graphics. Removing pages. You're out 30% of your budget and your time. I would say for three and four, number three is remarketing your existing stuff that you know work. I think we spend a lot of time.
2: Oh, three is communications. What do you mean? Three is communications still. Like we juggle them around. Three is communications. Four is yep. remarketing. We have six now. One is audit. Two is website. Three is communications, what's communications. Four is remarketing. Understand. Five is new content. Comflow six audits or
1: Comflow updates. Comflows. No.
0: Oh, that definitely doesn't need to be twenty-five. Which I feel like doesn't I, yeah, need to be twenty-five. So I disagree. I think that's that could, part of two. That could I don't easily think be we 10. have six things. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's unfair because it, what you update, yeah. what you the number two was just about updating stuff after you've done it. So. I think we need to be media agnostic a little bit on this because we're assuming okay. too much. So, yeah. like, well, I mean, spend... this, whole, this whole scenario because is based on impre- an assumption. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> but I think optimizing things takes less time. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yep. When the ops yep. done well. Yeah. So like if you have a com flow up. with eight yeah, emails yeah. and you audit yeah, it, you found it. email yeah. two I mean, is true. pretty bad yep. and email seven needed a CTA update, you go and you tweak those things. We're not talking about
1: rewriting the yeah, whole yeah. com flow. So we're talking 30% for those two. That 30% for of. those I agree. Two. That's that's, right. that's good.
0: So then I want to keep this simple. Yep. Yes. 25% of your budget or energy is going into do the best of what worked before. Yep. And remarket the hell out of your best existing assets. Yeah. Number Double four, down, baby. energy to make a new thing. We need to respect what making new things takes. That's why I think it also takes 25%. So I know that's 50%, but that's what I would put. My experience yeah. has taught me,
1: like, you need to put a fair amount of time. That lands us and right. And that only it's leaves 20%, 20% left. That's perfect. I was thinking 25% originally for new channels, but yeah, I think that I will let 20% go. Yeah. I think that's a good because the other thing with a new channel is that you don't want to overinvest in how much you're yeah, putting exactly. into it. It's like put your dip your toe in the water, test it a little right. bit, put a 5% of your but your dollars to it and maybe a little bit more time, but it's mostly about like seeing if it's going to move the needle on, you know, whether it's probably lead generation in most cases if it's a new channel. Um, perfect. I love it. 1515252520. Yeah. 25, okay. Here's the pivot. Drum
2: roll. President Kiel, no relation to me, just came in and said 15% has to go. We just made the perfect plan. What are you cutting? Plan.
0: And we've already made our plan. Can't
2: divvy it up by oh. anything less than 5%. So it has to be 5%. Yep. Has to be 5% chunks at minimum. Can be 10. Can be all 15. Um,
0: I would cut out the It can't be less than 5%. I would cut out cut. number 5 The TikTok ad or the or the yeah, that was twenty percent we had for it. By all fifteen percent?
2: Right. So you would use all fifteen percent that needs to be cut. I would
0: cut out number five entirely and put that five percent extra into one of the other areas and double down there. And I would take the risk of not being not doing innovation in R and D. See, I Because I think the energy and the new piece. Yeah, I I knew you would.
1: I knew you would. (laughs) I would not touch the experimentation. <laughs> All right, so Jamie, what would um, you do? You're such a actually, risky. Maybe I would You're take I would take 5% from the experimentation. So that that leaves me 10%. Um I would take another 5% off the production. Actually, I would take 10% off. Uh, I'd take 5% off the production of new and I would take 5% off the optimization, I would take five, five, five. Um, I would really want to double down. Like, so the remarketing stuff, like, you know, it works already. It's not like there's no question marks. Yeah. The audit. I, you got to leave that because you need to understand, you need, to understand, you need yeah. to understand what works and you need to double down in the re and the remarketing right. stuff. But I feel like higher ed has gotten into this like space. Where we don't experiment, and I like, I like, ha, I am diametrically opposed to that, just because I feel like that maybe has. So you would just do a smaller experiment, though. I would, yeah, yep, yeah. Maybe I would if it's do, possible, maybe it'd be program level. If it's possible, if it's possible. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you, ri-
0: you risk doing it so small it's not statistically reliable. Right? Yeah, it's kind of like luck,
1: hit yeah. or miss. I mean, I understand that, but I think we can if if you have the right marketing software you can assess like a small beta on something and really get that's like true. an understanding
2: it also depends too i mean your example of tiktok is one that you really need a full yeah, well strategy for that it's that's a conversation versus we want to implement texting at what scale we want to mm-hmm. do we want to do texting announcements for our events and for our yep. application deadline and try and collect numbers through sure. our forms that right. we already have that's a little less, like, yeah. Whoa, we got to do all these things. That's finding a platform, getting the platform, making yeah, sure that yeah. you can My, you know, link in those texts, yeah. and track those, um, and then you send them. All right, that's a little easier than launching a full TikTok thing, where that, right, yeah, that could that, take and up yeah, like 20%. exactly. My fear is, and again, this is, is going to
0: be really TikTok. relative because we're just using percentages, but it, at a certain point, it does actually matter what the dollar amount yeah. is. Oh, totally. Because if it's a, a certain yeah. percentage of a small number versus a larger. Sure. You really mm-hmm. like what well, my fear is like you whittle the TikTok thing down just to pick on that one again, and you do one thing in like September. Right. And there's like two videos posted and then you like, but eh, that didn't work, where it's like the difference of like we're gonna run TikTok for three months, mm-hmm. we're gonna publish a ton of stuff right and really give it the time to mature. Yeah. We but, do this with LinkedIn all the time. Schools yeah. want to get on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is more expensive. This happens yeah. with LinkedIn all the freaking time. Yeah, LinkedIn LinkedIn's is more expensive. Yep. They believe they should be getting mm-hmm. something out of it. We spend $1,000 on LinkedIn. <laughs> they get nothing. Nothing. For $1,000 of ads. And it's like the LinkedIn inflection point yeah. is more like 5K. Yeah. And you got to stick with it. Yep. And you have to have professional profiles. And it's like there is a way to get something out of LinkedIn for certain schools and certain programs. But... You can't limp in with a little – there's like a minimum amount. And so some – it depends on what it is. Yeah. But it's – I worry that for some folks, you take that 15%, that 20, and you make it 15. Just make sure there's actually enough to do damage in whatever area you're experimenting. Yeah. So it's sound enough.
2: Right. Yeah, I think that's a good point too because with new channels, right, with TikTok, it's a little more – awareness level where it's harder to see the impact in that same year versus if you're doing texting getting people more immediate rcp to an event through texting it's well you can measure the impact pretty immediately and then be like all right this is worth our time let's double down later we may actually pull five percent from remarketing and put that back into texting because it worked well and we want to do figure out how to do more of it versus tiktok and other channels not just tiktok but like you kind it's a waiting game of like all right will this turn into anybody how are we actually measuring this it's like nobody's going through a lead ad on on tiktok or anything and so it's a little bit harder to measure the effectiveness of it and then therefore are you left kind of sitting and waiting most of the year and just hoping it works out and if you're in a bind that's maybe not the best spot for you if you have extra time and energy like yeah, that's fair i mean
1: i'm not gonna i won't, mean, I'm, I'm that, gonna, I won't concede more, to the point that. where i'm just saying let's get rid of it i think there is there are a lot of budget variables there i guess my you know the big thing you don't want to let go of experimentation i just don't want to let go of experimentation because i think good. i think it's an important part of you know where we where we need to find ourselves as an industry i also think too just to, to be fair i often even it's yeah. funny because you know I shouldn't think this way, but I often consider when I'm thinking about situations like this, I think about it as like I'm on the I'm on the institution side and I'm working for myself, whereas I think sometimes there's a little bit of a delta when it comes to us thinking about it as, you know, working for a marketing agency. And we think of like these, you know, bigger level campaigns. Um, So it's 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 slightly different it's it's i'm i'm still reconciling all that you know like the like me being a small shop in northwest philadelphia as opposed to like you know doing more significant contract level work um but anyway it's a good exercise shane this was a good one this is yeah, fun This is a good one you really made us think which we cool. appreciate on a friday afternoon after yeah. you know yeah, yeah. getting up early i think, I think the
0: hard <laughs> choice for schools In this question, Shane, in this pivot, both the original question and the pivot is balancing between a diversified portfolio where your risk is not all in one basket with your enrollment marketing strategy, with the pressure of Mm -hmm. you got a shrinking budget. You you don't have as much as you thought you had and you got to make a hard decision. Where do you slice? And you like we're trying to help schools, I think. Yeah. We we partially want to really make sure there's enough of a diversified portfolio because marketing just requires that today Totally, where there's so many variables. And yet, we need enough to be powerful and make a splash. And if there's not enough, I'm more of the mindset, and I may be alone in this, of like, I don't want to limp into things. Like yeah. to, There's the minimum amount needed yeah. to pay, to play. The critical mass. That. Yes. And if you don't have that, yeah. I, then don't. Then just... Yeah. less is more.
1: That's I mean that's a good point. I I don't disagree with that point. Yeah. I think that that's that is the consideration that I think would be, you know, like once we knew the budget, once we knew how big our team yeah. was, once we knew it, that it's like internal versus external spending. I think all that like would might sway a little bit, but mm-hmm. my my point is like like I would just try as hard as possible if if things haven't you know, it's like it's the adage, right? If you have always done Sorry, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. Keep doing it. You've been doing, you'll keep getting what you're getting. Yeah. And it's like, we just have to move beyond that, even if it's incremental.
2: And I think that's, too, not a counterpoint, but a complementary point on the other side of, I think sometimes we've heard things like, you know why aren't we on that's <laughs> <Yeah>. my favorite <laughs> thing or faculty come, I googled this and we don't show how come on. I never get our ads. or a vendor I emailed me didn't. and said we looked I up your website
0: and you anywhere. don't rank on all these places right um and they scare you with where you don't have and, and all that yeah
2: yeah or they see their competitor in a newsletter or a magazine, whatever it is and why aren't we there why aren't we there and uh, you know it might feel easy to fall into the trap of like, okay, let's just do that because our competitor is, or because other people have brought this up a couple times, whatever, and not think through everything and just kind of feel this, this pressure of like, well, let me just please, yeah. if I please the faculty, it will kind of work itself out. Um, and that's just the worst justification to do anything. I think, um, no slight to faculty, but they're not in the marketing department or the admissions department for a reason. Awesome. Okay, so last episode we chat about what you all were up to. We were prepping for NAGAP, putting together big reports. Um, What are you all in the middle of now for for clients? We're kind of approaching renewal season and getting close to it, where everyone's going through, you know, budget shifts and structures and things are just you can you think you can bank on something and then. Some president cuts 15%. Um, what are you all in the middle of, of kind of dealing with now or things that clients maybe are facing that you all are kind of helping them them navigate through?
0: I got one. I got one right off the bat. That's super, super different. Um, working on this, um, this is really different for me to, to be able to co-present with. I um, There's a lot of stuff prepping for the Gem Summit, but um, getting able to work on a workshop on the topic of how to work with a new dean. So there's a lot of new deans who have come in or a new leader of some sort, whether it be assistant dean, associate dean, new new dean overall of a school. And how do the enrollment management team and maybe the assistant dean work with the new dean in the, the reimagining effective partnership? So you want to say the story of this is what we've been doing. This is what's going well. This is what's not going well. And then the new dean's got ideas and like, well, I came from this institution, and we did this, and why aren't we doing this? And so the new dean normally has new initiatives. So there's this there's this really interesting tension between wanting to do the new things but not mess up the things that are working. So you don't want to throw out the baby with the bathwater, but you also want to please the new dean and do the new initiatives. So it's like there needs to be this balance, and I've seen this a lot through our partners so it's really fun to work on a presentation where I get to work with an assistant dean who's who's the, the assistant head of the school and this new dean and this partnership has gone really really well but they had to do very special things to make it work well. And they it worked really well with us as well because we got to come in and tell a story mm-hmm. as like the outside consultant partner that got to say, look, we've been working with this school for like four years and here's the data and the trends we've seen. Here's what we're doing. Here's what's working well. Here's what needs improvement and we want to shift. And align that with the dean's new priorities and it was like this amazing trifecta. That was really fun. That's
1: what I've been working on. That sounds like a blast actually. Yeah. Um, it's a
0: topic not talked about.
1: Yeah. Well. Yeah. I know. I know. Well, I think I'm going to just go in on opinion. you but know what you were talking good. about. I've been emailing even this morning with uh, a number of our client success managers, and they're all you know g- like gearing up for report season, and really like you know what's it look like for us to come come in and really talk about what's what we've done and what's happened, and also uh, you know this is maybe the maybe I shouldn't say this on the air, but like, there's this other part where it's like, how do we, very similar to what we talked about here is like, how do we continue to be more creative, right? So channeling a little bit of Simon Sinek here and thinking about the infinite game that we, Mm -hmm. that we all need to be thinking about. It's like, you know, it's really easy to come in and say, okay, this is a year. Here's what we did. Here's the end of the year. Here's what we hope to do. And it's like very kind of like chopped up rather than thinking like, how do we help this institution, you know, like five years from now? How do we make this company, like, how do we make our, you know, the offering, the portfolio offerings that we have for marketing? How do we continue to add to those? So really just like working with the team in order to really like guarantee excellence in consulting when it comes to those renewals is like, that's kind of where my head's at right now. It's not client. It's not necessarily like client stuff, but it's more like, how do we keep just, how do we just think about this, like the infinite nature of what we do and and how to just compete against ourselves really requires
0: more of that experimentation you were talking about earlier. It does.
1: It does. Well, thank you all
2: for listening. Lucky seven episode seven of the pivot. If you want an outline of all the things we've put together, hit up Jamie or Tony on LinkedIn, they will send you a breakdown. Other than that, we hope to see you again in two weeks for episode eight.
3: Hey, all Zach here from Enrollify. If you like this podcast, chances are you'll like other Enrollify shows too. Our podcast network is growing by the month, and we've got a plethora of marketing, admissions, and higher ed technology shows that are jam-packed with stories, ideas, and frameworks that are all designed to empower you to become a better higher ed professional. Our shows feature a selection of the industry's best as your hosts. Learn from Mickey Baines, Jeremy Tears, Jamie Hunt, Corinne Myers, Jamie Gleason, and many, many more. You can learn more about the Enrollify podcast network at podcasts.enrollify.org. Our shows help higher ed marketers and admissions professionals find their next big idea. Find yours at podcasts.enrollify.org.